Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everybody, where we bring a bar crawl mindset to the rooftop speakeasy obsessed podium of Formula One racing. We know those F1 drivers love drinking their alcohol. They've all got beer bellies. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by only one of my co-hosts today, one of my favorite auto journalists and one of the authors of Racing with Rich Energy, Alanis King. Hi! I am so disappointed that Nolan didn't say my favorite auto journalist because Elizabeth isn't here. And I'm just... I say the same thing every week. I know, but she's not here. You could have put me in the top spot, Nolan. I Well, that's unfair to Liz. Liz is on a plane. Maybe, with Gunther Steiner. Yeah, Elizabeth is at the airport, and she sent us a photo this morning of Gunther Steiner going through security before her. So because she's at the airport with the Haas team principal, we can only assume that she's going to drive for Haas next year, which is... I think so. It's not as good as my seat, because I'm actually taking over for Checo, so... Wow. Yeah. What have I been doing? I was sick this weekend. I was supposed to watch the race with uh, Pass Gas co-host Joe Weber and producer Christina... And like th- two hours before the race starts, I was into it. I was like, all right, I'm going to come over. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make the journey <laughs> out to Eagle Rock. But then I like I came down with something this weekend. I was not feeling good. Yesterday, I felt like absolute dog dookie. It was terrible. <laughs> and then today I woke up and I'm like, I'm spry. I'm talking real fast. That's how you know I feel good. You got it out of the system. Um, I did. I had a very fun weekend. I went to Dallas 
to drive a Lamborghini Huracan STO for cars and bids. So the car is going out for auction. And basically what I do is I go and I drive the cars and I talk about them and we post that on YouTube and then they go to auction. And it was green, it was super cool. And I purposely scheduled the STO for this weekend because one, NASCAR was in town in Dallas and two, Escape the Fate, my favorite band hey. from when I was like 13 was in town. So I went and I drove this Huracan and then I went to the hotel and I took a shower and I turned immediately around and I went to Escape the Fate and then Escape the Fate was like, we're going to the bar. Y'all can go to the bar if you want. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to the bar. So I got back to the hotel at like 3.30 in the morning and went to sleep. And then I woke up at 7.30 to go to the NASCAR race where it was 101 degrees outside. First of all, very cool for a band to invite everybody to go to this bar. It was so um, cool. Yeah. Second of all, 100 degrees, 110 degrees. No, thank you. It's almost the end of September. Texas, get your weather together. Well, not only Texas get your weather together, but NASCAR TV partners get your schedule together. I had major people in NASCAR DMing me like, yeah, um, we need to fix this schedule if it's 100 degrees outside in Texas. Yeah, that's just insane. I think um, I think that is kind of like a, a real thing that a lot of racetracks and sporting venues have to contend with is climate change because mm -hmm. it's getting hotter for longer and... That's just something we're going to have to deal with or hopefully make better. But yeah, here's what's wild, Nolan. We do have to make this better as the climate gets worse and worse and worse. And yet what's happening is you have no shade in the infield of Texas Motor Speedway. And like the old thing you used to do when it was like 94 degrees at Texas Motor Speedway was you would go to the infield restaurant and you would like get an hour inside in the air conditioning and watch the race on TV. There were like 12 TVs mm -hmm. in there. Texas Motor Speedway took the TVs out. So you can't see anything in the, in the infield yeah. restaurant. And everybody is out there like trying not to have a heat stroke. And you can't even watch the race when you're inside, even though you're buying food and alcohol and everything like that. And I had a friend in the stands who said they're charging $6 for a bottle of water up yeah. here. And like people are going to like pass out. This like it's so bad, like you cannot mix climate change with trying to capitalize off of everyone monetarily constantly like th this is not a good mix. I don't know why we're doing this. Well, I've got some bad news for you because that's probably <laughs> what's going to happen for the rest of our lives. But also, yes, it's a real problem. Shade needs to be like a real thing that we start investing in at all of our venues out there. Uh, yeah, you can't just make people stand out in the sun that long, especially a NASCAR race. Y'all NASCAR fans love your four hour races. Um, so we gotta, we gotta solve that. Anyway, this week, Japanese Grand Prix, it was a race. <laughs> a lot of stuff went down. They were slanging and banging. It was like Forrest Griffin and, uh, Robbie Lawler in there at points, uh, for all my UFC fans out there. They were just swinging at each other. I was like, am I supposed to know that? <laughs> no, you know, I wouldn't advise you watch that fight. It's a very bloody fight from like 15, almost 20 years ago now. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a gnarly one. But it's probably one of the best fights of all time. Uh, anyway, it was qualifying, was up first, and it was a bit underwhelming this week. But mm. there were a few wild moments during qualifying one. Logan Sargent really biffed it at the final chicane and knocked two tires off in his collision with the barrier. It was pretty, pretty, um, it was bad. Uh, the round was red flagged with about nine minutes left. 
Uh, so he wasn't even going for like the final hot lap to get into qualifying too. It was like, you know, the first part of the session. I feel bad that Logan has been causing some race breaks and red flags lately because he's been having a rough go right now. Yeah. Yes. Because like the, the people criticizing people needed a new scapegoat. They needed a Mm -hmm. new Nicholas Latifi. And like, it's very convenient that Logan Sargent races for Williams and he's Mm -hmm. caused a few red flags and they're like, go Tifi. He's back. And it's like, dang, poor guy. Let's not bully him. And I think there's an added kind of layer to it is the fact that Logan is American, which yes. makes him that much even more fun to make fun of. I noticed on the WTF1 uh, page on Instagram, they had a picture of him crashing, and I believe there's like American flag on there and stuff, and it's like, <laughs> oh, great, here we go. The guy lives in like Switzerland or something, right? Like he lives over in Europe. He like, he was technically born in Florida, but that's kind of it. He spent the rest of his life over in Europe racing these open wheel cars. Like, okay, I get it. And I'm going to be honest, it hurts a little bit. It hurts my feelings. Okay. My first note is it's genuinely funny when something objectively bad happens and everybody's like, raw America. Like, that's Mm -hmm. genuinely funny. I love that. Um, Unless they're British. Don't do that. But Nolan, you cannot be mean to the Americanness of Logan Sargent because he sat down with that GQ interview and they said, what are the 10 things that represent Nolan Sargent? Logan, not Nolan. Nolan, hey. What are the 10 things that represent Logan Sargent? And he picked multiple Florida sports jerseys. <laughs> like, you got to give him more credit. Those are like key parts of his personality. That's true. He, is a, he is a Dolphins fan after all. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he was... <laughs> He had a bad time. Logan had a bad time. Uh, Fernando Alonso also had a bit of a bad time. He was struggling with pace through both qualifying one and two, but made it into Q3 before he qualified P10. Uh, still, I mean, look, he started out strong this year, but uh, he's kind of been waning, but now he's back in it. Yuki Sonoda also made it into Q3 at his home track and got to start P9 in his home race. It was awesome. And Q3 was an especially exciting round for McLaren fans with Oscar Piastri qualifying second and teammate Lando Norris right behind him in P3. And of course, on pole position, Max Verstappen driving for that Red Bull team. Who's that? I haven't I haven't seen him all year. We haven't really seen a lot of uh, Max and we don't really we didn't see a lot of him during this race <laughs> for good reason, though. I think the rest of the field was uh, pretty exciting. There's uh, Max is not involved in the slanging and banging at the beginning of the race that we'll get into. But uh, yeah, no, he, he, he whooped that ass this weekend. That's the thing about being at the front. You just get to go. You get to leave them all behind while they all fight with each other. Yeah, that's what's great about being fast. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, seriously, though, like Singapore was kind of a disaster for the Red Bull team, ironically making it one of the most entertaining races of the year. Uh, that's, how, that's how it goes, though. But I think that strength, speaks to the strength of Max and also the honesty of Christian Horner. You know, last year or last week, I was kind of doubting Christian Horner was saying like, oh, yeah, like the technical directives, the flexi wing that didn't really affect us at all. And the floor changes didn't affect us. Like we just brought the wrong setup. And I was kind of like, yeah, sure. Okay. Horner, Mr. Bond villain. But then they came back this weekend and just destroyed. So yeah, he was telling the truth and I will not doubt Christian Horner ever again. Well, okay. The fair, uh, the wildest thing about F1 seasons is that you will have a team that will dominate the entire season. And if one race in that season didn't exist, 
they would have had like a perfect record. And if Singapore did not exist, Max Verstappen would just be like away with the wind, just oh, yeah. gone. And it's like, it's kind of wild how that happens. They just, there's one race where you have a meltdown. And then they bounced right back and it didn't really affect them. Or like, I get yeah, a lesser team. Aston Martin, right? They like Fernando. He's, I mean, he's, I think the best example this year, really strong start. And then they had a few fumbles and now maybe not their own fault. A lot of the other team, McLaren, especially has caught up with them uh, quite well. Uh, and Mercedes, you know, kind of fending them off. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel, I think a few missteps kind of got, got in their head a little bit. And now they're, you know, fighting for P10 and Q3. Well, okay, so what's interesting to me, and we will talk about this as we get into the race because that is next, but we talked about Max just like being gone, right? And how a lot of the interesting things in this race happened in the midfield. I honestly felt like I didn't see enough of McLaren on the broadcast. Like I would have liked to see a little bit more because they did really well. And we were Mm -hmm. just so focused on like all the drama in the midfield, which is fantastic. And I think all motorsports broadcasts should focus on the midfield more. And like, I don't think this was the broadcast's fault. I think this was just how things naturally fell. But like McLaren probably would have been like wanted a little bit more airtime for their sponsors (laughs) from doing so well. But they were just like all of the drama was in the midfield. You just you couldn't change that, you know? Yeah, totally. Let's talk about this race. And this race was wild from the start. And the start actually ended up affecting a lot of the rest of the race. So let's talk about that. There was a collision on the start. There were multiple collisions on the start. It was just like a domino effect, basically. So we've got the two Ferraris side by side with Checo and Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Carlos and Checo both jerk to the left, which is where Lewis is. Lewis is on the left of this. And... Carlos jerks to the left, Checo jerks to the left, Checo hits Lewis Hamilton, which sends him into the grass. Then behind him, we have another issue. My guy, Esteban Ocon, he drifts wide. He's like, all right, I'm just gonna slide over here. And then Botas goes wide, hits Alex Albon. Safety car comes out. Both of the Alfa Romeos are impacted. Valtteri Botas returns to the pits, front wing damage, and he has a puncture. And Joe Guan Yu also reports damage, and he pits, okay? Then Alex Albon pits to check on his damage, and James Vowles, the Williams team principal, says Alex has damage to his front wing as well as the floor, and that changed his strategy to be a two-stop to make sure everything is going all right, okay? So everybody's hitting each other, Everything is all over the place. They played the start replay like 17 times and you still couldn't see all of it because everybody was hitting each other. Then off to the side, we have our guy, Logan Sargent, who racked up a bunch of penalties before the race started. They made changes to the car and also he wrecked his car and they ended up breaching the regulations for the backup car. So F1 was like, okay, you're starting in pit lane and you're getting a 10 second penalty and we're just going to generally bully you. So they took his 10 second penalty <laughs> during this safety car. I mean, the start has to be the most nerve wracking part of the race, right? Mm-hmm. Or coming in for like an especially like uh, tense pit stop. But like, you know, tracks like Monza, where you're all going to just jam into a, like a first gear turn after a long ass straight. This one, I think, like 
turn one of uh, Suzuka is like a pretty high speed turn there. But like if you're not on the right line, you can't really take advantage of the fact. And if you're on the wrong line, you're going to get passed pretty quickly because the guys that are, are on the right line have way more speed than you. So everyone's in a rush to get into that right position. And then uh, something like that happens, you know. There are a lot of things at play on the start of any F1 race because here you are, you're starting double wide, right? And if you make up ground or lose ground, you're going to end up three or four wide, right? So Mm -hmm. Lewis Hamilton gets a great start. That puts him four wide with the two Ferraris and Checo. And like, you know, it would be fine to get a great start, except if you're four wide and somebody makes one mistake... You're gone. You're in the grass. You have damage. You're done. The other thing at play here is like, okay, well, I don't necessarily want to be four wide, but also track position is extremely important in Formula One. So if I don't take this chance to get track position, I'm probably going to be screwed for the rest of the race. So Mm -hmm. you risk either getting screwed by getting hit or getting screwed by not having track position. And Lewis Hamilton ended up having a good start and then getting screwed with the wreck. Yeah. Rough, but you know what's not rough? Mm. Red Bull's season so far. (sighs) Congratulations to Red Bull for winning the Constructors' Championship with six races left in the season. Max uh, won the race, and, uh, well, Checo Checo had a different experience of this race. Let's go through it. I feel so bad for this man. Me too. I mean, look, I mean, it was a team effort, though. He contributed to that that Constructors' Championship. He did. Uh, but <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> Checo had to pit for a new front wing, uh, thanks to a missing end plate. So he comes back onto the track in P18, but then immediately gets a safety car infringement for overtaking under a safety car. Uh, when he was coming into the pits, he gets a five second penalty along with being basically last a couple laps later by lap 18, he's back up into P15. But in an attempt to pass Kevin Magnuson on the inside of a hairpin on lap 12, uh, he locked up one of his tires and hits the back of Magnuson. Magnuson spins around, says, what the heck, dude? And Perez, for his efforts, gets more front wing damage. Uh, this was like... He just fixed the front wing. <laughs> this was a boneheaded move. Yes, they just fixed the front wing. But also, like, you're in a Red Bull. You... Just wait until you're in a DRS zone and you'll have 20 miles per hour on Kevin and that's where you pass. You don't need to make a dive bomb the inside like it's the last lap of the race and you're fighting for the win. Like, what the heck, dude? Yes. And the the running joke this weekend was Red Bull gives you wings because Red Bull had to give Checo so many wings because he just kept messing up the wings. Yeah, so he comes in the pits to change out his wing on lap 13, gets a second new front wing. I don't know if I've seen that before, actually. (laughs) That might be a first for me. Well, the the broadcast was saying, we don't know if they have one. Like, are they going to have another wing to put on his car? And So after that, after he comes out of the pits, the virtual safety car comes out. Uh, So he he, like lost out on a free pit stop. It just gets worse. Uh, On lap 15, he reports that the car doesn't feel right. Hmm, I wonder why that is. And (laughs) then he receives a second five-second time penalty for causing a collision with the aforementioned Kevin Magnuson. Oh, ouch. Then a few laps later, comes in, retires the car. His race looks like it's over. 
but it's not over. <laughs> it's not, not over. over. Because 10 laps later on lap 27, Checo gets back into his car in the garage. And on lap 32, we get an answer. If he can go back out, Red Bull apparently talked to the FIA. And if Checo doesn't serve his time penalties in the race, they could carry over to the next race in Qatar. And thus, Red Bull sends Checo back into the race on lap 40. So, like, over 20 laps later. I had never seen this before. Uh, he does a few laps, comes in, into the pits, serves that time penalty, does another lap, and then retires the car after that. I heard that the FIA will be looking into closing this loophole. Because, honestly, even though, like, this is a, another great example of Red Bull gambling against the rule book, seeing just trying something new just to maximize their chances every time they get. Um, I don't think Mercedes would do this, but Red no, Bull did. No, absolutely not. Mercedes is just too proper. Red Bull is like, let's go. Yeah, Challenge I us. admire I admire the roll of the dice and like the racing the rule book. Like that's what racing at this level is all about. You want to beat the rule book. But at the same time, when they were deliberating it and then you see Checo come back out like 20 laps later, I was like, this is kind of like, that's like against the spirit of the rule, right? Did you feel that way? How'd you feel about this? The spirit of the rules don't exist. The, the, the rules exist to be broken. That's how racing is. There is no spirit of the rules. The spirit no, but what, is how'd, the rules. No, but how'd you really feel when you, when you saw this going on? No, I want everyone to break the rules all the time. All right, great. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm a NASCAR fan. Like, you are constantly trying to break the rules to the best of your ability without getting caught breaking the rules. You want to bend them as far as you possibly can without breaking them. Like, I get, like, I think there are types of people who believe in the spirit of the rules. And then there are people who believe that the rules exist to be completely manipulated and bent. And it is okay to be either one of those people. I am just the the bending type. I agree with you. Like I said, like you got, you're racing the rule book, but I think in this case, okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of an analogy for this. The penalty exists in the first place to punish you when you're like making an effort to like try to do as best as you can. Checo had been out for like 20 laps. It did mm -hmm. not matter mm -hmm. if like, there was no penalty served because it didn't affect him. He was already out before. It. It's like, for me, it was like someone serving concurrent sentences for completely unrelated crimes, right? Like, yeah, say, Say you stole a car and you go to prison for stealing that car, but you happen to also, unconnected to stealing the car a few days before, you like killed people or something. <laughs> And then We're the prison sentence. Really extreme yeah, here. you murdered somebody. Hey, like, this is it. Like, you killed somebody a few days before, but, like, the judge says that you can also serve the time for killing that person while you're doing time for stealing the car. Like, that wouldn't be right because they're completely, they're not related. And, like, I, that's how I feel about this one. Like, he was already serving the time for retiring the car for reasons that he caused, by the way, because he f***ed up his own car smashing so into Kevin true. Magnuson. And then... You know, the safety car thing and the causing a collision, which was related, but the safety car deal too, like, that's how I feel. So I'm glad, I would be glad if they close this loophole because it's, it's, it's not sporting. Okay. I have two arguments to this. Um, one, when people find loopholes, you close them. That's how they work. Like the goal of a race team is to find a loophole, which the people making the rules will eventually totally. close. You're supposed to. So my two arguments here are... One, there is a reason why the F1 sporting regulations have a bunch of lines that say at the race director's discretion, 
because mm-hmm. you can just cancel out everything if it's at the race director's director. yes to fix this you literally could have just said at the race director's discretion we're gonna say screw you that was ridiculous yes second there is a reason why when you get three coupons in the mail the coupons say cannot be used with another coupon yes yes so if you retire the car you cannot serve a penalty. If the coupon list does not say cannot be used with another coupon, you use two coupons. coupons That's right, what Red Bull right. did. Here's a counter argument, though. Here's, <laughs> this is where no, no. our third counter argument. No, no, no. But here's my counter to your counter. <laughs> I think it's also possible Red Bull burned that rule way before they should have. They already had the Constructors Championship You're in so the right. bag. And they're doing it for Checo. Yeah, this like, is completely I don't want to be too... I don't want to bully check out too much, but like <laughs> if this, if this was max 100%, I agree with them doing this. Cause like, you know, you don't want max to have a penalty going in the next race. Cause you know, he has the best shot of winning that next race and you don't want to, you want to give him the best shot. Checo. I'm going to say Checo qualifies P five next race. What was the point of doing this? What was the point of closing this loophole in retrospect? Maybe it, Maybe I have the benefit of retrospect, but also he was out for 20 laps. Like they could have come to that conclusion as well. I think I don't see what the, the point was because Checo ain't winning that that driver's championship either. Either producer Christina just said, I truly think it was to humiliate him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean, but Nolan, your counter argument makes a lot of sense because when you find loopholes, you keep them in your back keep pocket them in your until pocket. you absolutely yes. need them. You did not absolutely need this here. Like if if it's 2021 and Max and Lewis are head to head for this title and Max ends up having these penalties that he may have to serve the next race, that's when that's you, when you, that's do when it. you use the loophole. Yes. That's when you use it. You cannot just use it flippantly because then you're going to close it and you're not going to be able to use it again. And you figured it out. I think there's going to come a time, maybe not next season, but in the future, Christian Horner uh, is going to look at himself and be like, man, we, Shouldn't have done we that. used that one way too early. Yeah, totally agree. Like, I totally anyway. agree. Christian, if you're listening, we understand you are the most devious mind in the world, but you weren't devious enough here, dude. Like you messed yeah. it up and that's really sad. Um, or or it's going to work out really well in Red Bull's favor because that's how the universe works. That's literally uh, how yeah. the universe works. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The universe used to favor a different team. Mercedes. I love, by the way, I love our, <laughs> I love our Mercedes. And now Mercedes just favors fighting each other. So yes. here we are. Picture this. Yes. Yes. Picture this. We are at Suzuka and on lap six, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton are wheel to wheel. They are going. They were going at it. They are fighting each other like all the time. And what's really interesting is on the broadcast at some point in this Mercedes fighting, they said, if you can't trust your teammate, who can you trust? The person you can trust least is your teammate because they are the only person in exactly equal equipment Mm -hmm, to you. mm -hmm. And I thought that was a wild point to make. I was like, absolutely not. Like, what? What? Your teammate is your, that is your top competitor. Anyway, so they go to wheel to wheel on lap six. Lap 16, they're going wheel to wheel again. George comes on the radio and he goes, who do we want to fight, each other or the others? And like, this is like, okay, so we've talked about this in the past. George Russell, in order to not just be slotted into number two until Lewis Hamilton retires, had to come on the spot with a very, very intense and dominating and controlling personality. Oh, yeah. But also it is getting a little annoying. <laughs> I share your sentiments 100%. Look, we've talked about this before. All drivers are whiny. They all sound like this. It just happens to be certain drive. It's like when you hear a driver on the broadcast, that's when you're like, oh, I don't like Ugh. this guy's a whiny. But I totally understand. I, I totally agree. It's like this weekend. I feel like the past couple of races, George has gotten the, the, the radio spotlight a few times at very mm-hmm. inopportune moments. And right now, like, I, I feel like in the the F1 sphere, at least online, like, George is not, he doesn't have the best stock right now. Let's just say that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think, does- <laughs> so I think what's interesting here is all F1 drivers are whiny all the time. But when we're looking at George and Lewis, George is scheming ahead of time, right? He's like, who do we want to fight? Each other or the others? Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do a one stop. Let me win this race. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton, when he is gossiping about George, it's reactionary. It's not proactive. George is doing this proactively. Like he's scheming. Lewis is like, why did we just do that? You yeah. know? So like, it just seems more pedantic when it's George because George is thinking ahead of time, whereas Lewis is saying, this just happened and I didn't like it. George is very uh, calculating. He's a, I yes. think he's a very intelligent guy. You can tell uh, just by the way he speaks and just, yeah, you can see him thinking like th- not even like three steps ahead. And 
you get the impression that he is constantly thinking about the the big picture, even in moments like this, when you're driving a race car at 200 miles an hour, he's still thinking about his true role in the Mercedes team, which is pretty freaking impressive, honestly. But it just, <laughs> you know, you get these wild radio messages that make you want to hate him. Oh, my goodness. So George and Lewis, they chill out for a while, right? They just they do their thing. Other people are having drama. Checo's in the garage, out of the garage, whatever. Near the end of the race, they get back together. Okay, there's an exciting battle between both of the Mercedes drivers and Carlos Sainz. Okay, so George is in the lead. Lewis is directly behind, and then Carlos is the third one in this little train they have going here, right? So George was trying to make Lewis pull Carlos Sainz's move from last week. Remember Carlos Sainz last week ended up giving the car Mm -hmm. behind him DRS so that Mm -hmm. they had a buffer. So basically George is like, all right, Lewis, like get within a second. Let's pull DRS on Carlos, which again, this is so funny because people look for loopholes and they look for ways to manipulate the rules. And then everyone starts doing it the next week. So Mm -hmm. Carlos pulls the DRS move and it's his, right? And then now it's everybody's. Now everybody's going to do it because Carlos came up with the idea. So like it's miraculous and wonderful once and it was so cool and so devious. And now it's literally every week people are going to be like, hey, hey, give me DRS. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let, let's mm-hmm. let's buffer. Anyway, didn't work. So lap 48, Lewis gets on the radio to pressure his team. They're like, let, he's like, let me pass George. Let me pass George. Or we're going to lose both positions. Lap 49, they're told to switch positions, which George doesn't understand. He says, why don't we wait for the last lap? I agree with this in a roundabout way, and I'll get to it in a second. So they switch positions, and then on lap 50, George Russell out of says- 53 laps, right? Just for context. Yes, lap 50 out of 53. Sorry, we're at the end. Um, And George Russell says- You want to play the team game, but he pushed me off the track earlier. It's the least he can do. And I'm like, George, 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 it's over, George. It's literally over. (laughs) And this was like, it was the least he can do was stay behind George to protect him against Carlos Sainz because Lewis was faster. Okay, so let me set up the scene for you here. Lewis was faster than George and Charles Leclerc was like five seconds ahead of both of them. So Lewis was not going to have time in three laps to to catch Charles Leclerc. So they're basically just switching Lewis and George's positions so that Lewis can finish ahead of George because Lewis is faster. But by doing it three laps early, George didn't have the buffer and gets eaten up by Carlos Sainz. So in hindsight, George is correct. And also in the moment, George is correct by saying, wait until the last lap. I'll let him pass me because he's faster. Mm -hmm. And then I won't get eaten up by Carlos, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Lewis Hamilton is told to make sure George Russell has DRS. Again, just like Carlos Sainz pulled last week. But it didn't matter. Carlos Sainz passes George Russell and Carlos came on the radio to say, they're using my (laughs) trick against me. (laughs) Meanwhile, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Lewis comes on the radio and says the team wasted all that time for no reason. So Lewis wanted to pass earlier so he could try and catch Charlotte Claire for fourth, I believe it was. And get this as a side note, as a side note, before I get to my complaining about how this whole went down as a side note, Checo is out there on track. Right. And I saw somebody say, I, I don't know where I saw it, but I think Charlotte Claire thought he was going to get a podium because he saw a red bull yeah. in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Found his max. Checo. 
<laughs> it was Shaco returning from his vacation to the garage. <laughs> and I don't know where I saw this. I didn't check it. No, that was and during the race, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to check it because it was so funny. Well, yeah, it might have been during the race. Anyway, he thought it was Max. That's so funny. Um, th- someone should like take this whole exchange, this whole story of this race of George and Hamilton, like, and turn it into an anime short because like the dialogue is so, it's so dramatic and melodramatic, and yes. I get to see, I get to see this as an anime so easily, especially with Carlos <laughs> going like, huh? They're they're trying to use my trick against me. Like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I feel okay when I was over in Europe. I happened to catch some cycling on TV. Oh no! Uh, because no. apparently cycling is a popular thing to have on your on broadcast. Anyway, but like it, that's how cycling works too. Like you get you you got to switch the riders out. Who's in front? You know who's punching that hole in the air while you're going on these long distances. And like I was watching, I was like, this is like Formula One when you have the teammates with the team orders and they're deliberating and they're like, because like. They're trying, you know, the team itself is trying to get the cars in the best position they can. Meanwhile, the drivers are like, but wait, no, I want to be in front. I got to be the guy that's in the front. He's like, <laughs> if I'm in front, that means I beat the other guy. Like, and they're not seeing the full picture. I, it's just so funny. It's like, I don't know. Here's the more stuff question. you watch, the less you're like, oh, Formula One is real racing. It's, it's really not. It's more of like, I don't know. It's. It's deliberation. It's bureaucracy. It's too. What's they always say like, oh, it's a chess match at 200 miles per hour. No, No, it's not. It's It's bureaucracy at 200 miles an hour. And you get to see some cool cars along the way, maybe. It's literally debate in middle school. That's literally what we're doing at 200 miles an hour. Okay, here's my question. As someone who has never watched cycling, is this is the cycling drafting more like Formula One team orders or is it more like drafting at Talladega? And Nolan, if you don't have this answer because you don't watch cycling, that's okay. If you're listening and you have this answer, what is it more like? It is way more of a team effort cycling. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get into it because I don't really know. I'm just speaking on my ass. I don't, I don't yeah. know. If you're a big time cycling fan, hit us up at our email. It's Donut Racing Show at DonutMedia.com. Tell me if it's more like team orders in F1 or if it's more like tandem drafting at Daytona and Talladega, which is no longer legal, which is very sad. Dale Jr. was the goat at that. Go Dale. Anyway, my main complaint with how all of this went down was these dudes are so in their head. This is galaxy brain meme. Like we're looking at the galaxy brain meme. Okay. And the first level of the galaxy brain meme, normal brain, normal brain me just race and then the galaxy brain is switch us so that i can lead because i am faster and then we're gonna get eaten up just race the cars like if lewis is faster then lewis should just race george like we're so deep into this team orders thing and we are so deep into this like political infighting that they are forgetting that they are in a race and they can just race each other and let it happen naturally then they eat up those tires though and then they gotta maybe come in but they, but they already. Oh, they, boy, it's near the end of the race. I don't know. They, they already lost all the ground that they would have lost if they would have just raced because there was a buffer behind Carlos. So 
If Lewis Hamilton had just raced his car, which was faster than George Russell, he would have passed George and then Carlos would have passed George and they would have finished exactly where they finished. The other option is we play the DRS buffer game and then Lewis passes on the last lap so that hopefully Carlos stays behind them and George doesn't get passed. Why did we pick the most annoying option to get the exact same (laughs) outcome of just racing each other? Why? It doesn't make it just race each other. Just <laughs> race. race. Well, it's a race. We're going motor racing, Toto. Like race the cars. Speaking of some good motor racing, it was an excellent race weekend with a double podium for McLaren racing. Oscar Piastri. That was some good timing for him because he just signed a contract until 2026. And then we had Lando Norris also on the podium. Uh, and speaking of drivers who love going on the radio lando loves coming on the radio to claim he's faster than his teammate around lap 26 with the mclarens racing each other lando comes on the radio to say quote the longer i spend behind now the worse you're going to make the race for me so to which his engineer replied understood he tried to pass piastri a few moments later complaining on the radio oh it's just ruining the race now if you want george to beat us and his rep- engineer replied, I'm working on it. Hey, I'm freaking working on it, okay? <laughs> You're driving over here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Lando, again, it's just the case. All the drivers sound like this, probably. But the fact that it's Lando makes it a little more annoying, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why. Lando. Maybe it's no his hair. Guy. I think I'm just imagining that hair under that helmet. No, and you're I'm imagining like, you're imagining the facial hair, the little like the little oh, chin hair he's got going. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How old is he now, Lando Norris? He is 23. He was born in 1999. Lando Norris is famously battling me and Nolan and producer Christina and editor Gavin to be the last person alive from the 1900s. Yes. Because he was born in November 1999. If you're listening to this, you are probably in this fight. And I just want to say you're probably going to lose to Lando. Hell no. I believe... (laughs) So George and Lando, they come on the radio and I think it is their tone that makes them this way. Okay, so I think their tone makes us like, uh, come on, like, just mm, stop, stop complaining, stop scheming, stop using this tone. They need to adopt the Fernando Alonso tone. And that is because grumpy Fernando Alonso is back. He's not he's not scheming. He's not like trying to like slide in there and like like make you think he's like being nice. No, like Fernando's just going to get mad at you. And I think if George and Lando want to be respected for their little their angry little radio messages, they just need to be angry. Like stop stop veiling it. It's like just be who you are. So Fernando Alonso, he's back. Maybe his attitude during this race is because he spent a bunch of it battling with my guy, Esteban Ocon, right? Yeah, his old teammate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, remember how that went? Um, but in they any case, yeah, they love each other. He had some stuff to say on the radio. So <clears throat> at one point in the race, he comes on the radio and said, you've thrown me to the lions by pitting so early. And we should clarify, tire degradation was really, really intense considering the heat. So the first pit stop rounds kicked off around lap 10 and Fernando Alonso pitted on lap 12 from soft to hard. So Fernando's like, you've thrown me to the lions. And the commentators are like, yeah, and the commentators are like, Fernando, you are a lion. And I'm like, 
when I think about lions, like I, I think about like the fact that like lions are mature and old and have manes. And so I'm like, are we calling Fernando old? Like, is that what we're doing? Or are we saying he's like aggressive? I don't know. So on lap 24, Fernando is in ninth behind Lewis Hamilton and my guy, Esteban Ocon, who I am a fan of Esteban Ocon, but we're still in the meme phase of it. Like, you know, when you decide you're a fan of a sports team and you're like, I don't know anything about like, um, I don't know. I don't follow these people. So I have to learn their personalities and stuff still in the meme phase. So we're going to get there. It's going to be it's going to be personal and emotional soon. But he's in ninth between Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Ocon. And he comes on his team about Esteban and he says he's pulling away on the straight, mate. And his race engineer says, yep, copy. And Fernando responds, <laughs> so think of something. Yeah. <laughs> and like the something was like extremely pained. He was this like, was something. Such, this race was so extra. It was so <laughs> dramatic. People like, I don't know if why the radio messages were so like over the top this week. Maybe it is like it every weekend, but it was it, it was something else, man. This race was, was crazy absolutely Uh. rough oh oh. (laughs) yeah this this race was like a lot of attitude like all of these boys came in here and they were like oh we're gonna be really like snappy at each other this weekend oof yeah it was it was a lot um Alonzo's teammate and Elizabeth's number one boy, Lance Stroll, had a tough weekend as well in Japan. He was forced to retire his car on lap 24 due to a rear wing failure. You can see that thing flopping around. He wasn't the only DNF this weekend. We already talked about Checo, but there were a few more. As we mentioned during that collision at the start, both Alpha uh, Romeo drivers were affected, and things didn't really turn around for Valtteri Bottas. I mean, they kind of did, but not in the way he'd have liked to. He literally got turned around. Uh, after the race got going again, Logan Sargent locked up and hit Botas, who then took a spin in the grass. It's in the same area that Checo hit Magnuson, same turn. Botas and Sargent both returned to the pits to get looked at, but Alpha took a lot longer before they sent him on his way. And then on lap nine, Botas reported that the car was undrivable, quote. And on lap 10, he retired the car. Oof. As for Logan, he received a five-second time penalty for causing a collision. Uh, Alex Albon, unfortunately, suffered a nasty hit on that collision at the start, and by lap 10, he was telling his team that the car was also undrivable and to, quote, sacrifice my race for whatever we need to do. He was out by lap 27. His teammate, Logan Sargent, was forced to retire on lap 23 due to issues with his car after his own collisions, making a very poor weekend for the Williams team. Man, this is why everyone likes Alex Albon, because he's like, man, my car is not doing anything. Sacrifice me. Take me. And it's like, sacrifice you for what? Like Logan's over there, like (laughs) for Logan, like he has like 10 penalties and a backup car. And I just like Alex is like, take me. It's fine. We'll get him next time. And it's like. Good for you, dude. Like your teammate, your teammate isn't even going to get loints. Like you're just saying sacrifice (laughs) you for like something. I don't know. This is why we like Alex Albon, because instead of being like he's a sweetie, whiny and deceptive on the radio, he just like it's over for me, guys. It's okay. I'm here to help you. Good for you, Alex. We love (laughs) you. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One other person we love, Liam Lawson. Alpha Tally. Liam Lawson. Hell Liam yeah. Liam Lawson. Every time I see Liam Lawson, I'm like, that is a member of a boy band. That is that is not oh, a Formula One. I mean, with a name like that, he breaks away from that boy band after the second album and has a no, very successful solo career. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly who he is. So he finished the race just out of the points with hometown hero and teammate Yuki Sonoda behind him in P12. Wow. So we bring this up. They, neither of them got points. But we bring this up because Liam is doing a good job. But Alpha Tauri officially re-signed Yuki and Daniel Ricardo for next year. Yeah. Remember, Daniel Ricardo is out with an injury and Liam Lawson is subbing for him. Liam is being kept on as their reserve driver. So, 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 the picture for 2024, there's one seat left on the grid for 2024. And that is at Williams alongside Alex Albon. If I'm Liam... And they offer me that I'm going there. Like I, I, I've tasted the seat time. Yes. I know what it's like. I want more seat time. I need more experience. I feel like with a teammate like Alex Albon, those guys are going to be pushing each other for sure. Then we'll really get to see what Alex is made of in that Williams, I think. But I mean, it also goes back to so that Williams is honestly a decent car and the Alpha Tauri, we have been talking all year about how the Alpha Tauri is a tractor, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, now Liam's getting the Leoints and we're like, okay, well, <laughs> it's not that bad. And like I would categorize the Williams car as not that bad. Yeah. So like, it's very interesting to see what certain driver pairings can do. And this is nothing against Daniel Ricardo. We didn't get to see Daniel Ricardo really do anything before he broke his wrist and sidelined himself. Like this is nothing against Daniel Ricardo, but the Alpha Tauri throughout the year, like Yuki and Nick DeVries' finishes were just not great so we were Mm -hmm. like yeah it's a tractor now we got liam in there and we're like okay well maybe it's like a like a like a fast tractor like maybe (laughs) it's like a tractor it's still a tractor but like maybe it's a tractor at like your local fair like yeah you know you know that's a possibility (laughs) and also i think there's a risk for liam next year if he leaves alpha towery what if alpha towery just straight up like (laughs) copy and paste the Red Bull car, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then it turns into like a pretty good midfield car. That would be annoying. And Williams makes more just incremental progress. That'd mm-hmm. be pretty unfortunate. But I think Liam has really shown himself to be a really like hot prospect in terms of uh, a rookie driver. Of course, you know, if he was a true rookie this year, 
as we saw in our Nick DeVries points breakdown episode, um, the data shows that Red Bull drivers and AlphaTauri drivers really fizzle out after the first like 10 races or so because it's tough to be an F1 driver. You know, your stamina isn't doesn't last that long. Um, and when you have Helmut Marco just saying things about yes, you and your yes. country of origin and your ability <laughs> yeah, to drive racist, the car. Yeah. Yeah, when you have Helmut Marco around and you also have Christian Horner around, like we have the devious one and we have the one who just says things he shouldn't. Rough. It's rough. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I really hope we see Liam Lawson more in the sport after this season. I think he has a lot of potential. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say, but I there's just something about him. I think there's there's a there's a high ceiling there, I think. I totally agree, but I also think it is very hard in F1 to manipulate your career in your favor. So hear me Mm -hmm. out. So in other racing series, you generally have more cars and more teams and like the teams are closer in performance. In Formula One, you have 10 teams and you have 20 cars. And really what decides your fate in Formula One is your car and how you perform next to your teammate. So ideally you have like a couple of options where you can go, okay, well, I think I'm gonna perform better against this person in this car, but you don't have that. Like Mm -hmm. if Liam Lawson is gonna stick around, there is one seat open and it is with Alex Albon at Williams. And that, that is tough competition. Look at Logan Sargent with Alex Albon. Alex looks like the superstar because they are in a certain type of car and they have certain skill levels. And like, ideally you want to pair yourself in a good car with someone who is not as good as you, because Mm -hmm. that makes you look really, really good and gets you more opportunities. You don't really have that in formula one because there are so few cars to choose from. Yeah. It could be a kind of a monkey's paw situation where I'm like, I wish I hope Liam gets more time. And then like he goes to Williams and just destroys Alex. Maybe. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, you have to take what is offered to you and there's just not a lot of choice there. And like, you can't just as Liam, you can't go, oh, I don't think I'm going to do as well against Alex. Like, I'll go somewhere else. There's only one seat, right? Yeah. But you need to take that seat, even if it ends up hurting one of you really badly. Yeah. I think you got to take all the F1 seasons you can get. Um, Yeah, I would go. That's why go, we're dude. going for the Leoints. I and would the freaking Loints. go, dude. Yeah, dude. So I, to sum I'll it all it. up. I'll do it. Hire uh, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Alanis in that car. <laughs> so to sum it all up, the podium this weekend was Max Verstappen in first place. No surprise there. Locking up that World Constructors Championship. Uh, then you had Lando Norris in second place and Oscar Piastri, the McLaren boys, both on the podium. Fourth place, you had Charles Leclerc. Then. Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz, and George Russell. Then came Fernando Alonso, Stebby Ocon, and Pierre Gasly with the final points of the race. Didn't see too much of Pierre this weekend, but uh, good on those Alpine boys for getting some points. So um, Elizabeth's not here, so we cannot do our Lance Stroll fan recap. As an Esteban Ocon fan who is still trying to get into the, the rhythm of being an Esteban Ocon fan, This race started out a little scary for me. I was like, oh, no, we got the collision at the start. Like, this is not going to go well. And then we ended up with points. We're going. We got this. This was a solid finish for us. Mm -hmm. I am going to watch YouTube videos about Esteban Ocon so that I can learn more about his personality and the things he likes. 
and I can align my interests with his. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nolan. Do you support me? Nolan, you got to yeah. pick somebody and it can't be a McLaren driver. I mean, I think, you know, Alex, uh, definitely one of my guys. No, that's too easy. Uh, that's too easy. Carlos, <laughs> Carlos for sure. An anonymous I'm, one. <laughs> I mean, Pierre, I've, I've expressed my, my appreciation for Pierre a lot, I think. Okay, uh, okay. I do like Pierre. He's kind of like a, <laughs> he's funny guy. Um, yeah, but I okay. can't be your teammate, though. Wait, you don't want to be my teammate? Well, I mean, Liz is a stroll girl. And you're you're Alpine. We got a, the spread. How about okay. Joe Guan Yu? Uh, but but Joe Guan Yu, uh, like he's like really interesting and cool. And we already like know about That's him. That's true. He is, you know, cool. like it. he's cool and interesting. You got to Like, I'm uh, sure Esteban uh, Ocon is cool and interesting. He just looks like a <laughs> basketball player to me. And so, like, I think it's funny. I want to be his fan because he looks like a basketball player. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Nolan, okay, Nolan, I got it, I got it, okay, I got it. Okay. I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you Elizabeth's enemy. You're gonna be a Nico Hulkenberg fan, and okay. You're gonna, I was you actually gotta, gonna suggest Nico because yeah, he's another weird guy. Um, you gotta yeah. find like a lot of redeeming qualities about Nico Hulkenberg and present them to oh, I'm us. I'm gonna find him. I'm gonna find him and turn Elizabeth around. Okay, I should. I should like, actually. Yeah, this is a guy who, when asked what is on his bucket list, he said going to the Bahamas. Like you gotta make this other, guy. He palpable. said some other crazy freaking thing. Uh, <laughs> who would you like to have dinner with? He said oh, Donald yeah, Trump, right. Marilyn yeah. Monroe, and Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That was like what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll look into it. I'll find. Uh, I'll, I'll find his tax returns. I'll see if he has any uh, charitable contributions. Um, I'm going to scour, uh, maybe he's in the, pa the Panama papers. I don't know. We'll see. Um, wouldn't be surprised. There, anyway, there are a few of them in there. Okay. Speaking of good boys, Great. good boys, fastest lap went to Max Verstappen. Who even saw him do that fastest lap? I did not see a single clip of Max Verstappen on track aside from the start. He yeah. got the fastest lap. He was somewhere out there way out of reach of the TV cameras. Um, mm -hmm. Driver of the day was Oscar Piastri, and our hmm. DNFs were Alex Albon, Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, and Valtteri Bottas. And yes, Sergio Perez eventually did retire after fake retiring the one time. It's a long list of DNFs. Uh, so yeah, a little bit more uh, context. Lando and George are now tied in the World Drivers Championship. Um, mm. Yeah, Lando making his, you know, Moving on up. You know this makes George really mad. Oh, yeah. Because Lewis is in third with 190 points, and Lando and George are tied at 115. You know George, he's trying to assert dominance. He is trying to be the number one golden boy. You oh, yeah. know he's mad. Oh, yeah. Big oh, mad. Big mad. <sighs> it's boyfriend of the week. You know, it's our recurring segment. This is where we acknowledge who's the best this week. Who are who has our favor? It can be anybody. It can be a driver. It can be a car. It can be a fan. Someone online. Uh, you can you know how it goes. It's boyfriend of the week. I'm gonna go. Even though I had a whole scree about this. Uh, even though I thought it was against the the spirit of the rules. Whoever decided to lobby the FIA to see if Checo could go back out. Yeah. Um, it was against the spirit of the rules, I think, but it was still uh, a smart play. Well. Not that smart, as we discussed, but still very clever and not something I'd ever seen before. So you get my props 
this week. It would have been smart to use that at a better time, but yeah. it, it it was it was clever. We got to give it you was that. Clever. Okay. <clears throat> Can I do a non F one boyfriend of the week? Absolutely. Okay. Please. Boyfriend of the week, Craig Mabbitt from Escape the Fate, because oh. he invited. All of us to the bar and him and Maddie Hoffman, two of the people from the band, they came to the bar with all the people from the show and they stood there and they talked to everyone at length and they hugged everyone and they were like, thank you so much for coming. It was so good to have you at the show. And Craig was like, are you are you going to come next time we're in town to me? And I was like, of course, I drove four hours for this. And he was like, you drove four hours to come see us. And I was like, yeah. And he was like. That's like so nice. Like, thank you for doing that. Like, he gave me a hug. Like, he was so so sweet. And I was like, all these dudes are just like, they're just standing here talking to everyone at length, being so nice to everyone. And I just had a great time. And I was so happy that they did that. So thank you so much, boys. You put on a great show. Love ya. That's awesome. Yeah. Love a band. <laughs> love a yeah. I've I love when bands do that shit. Uh, it's it's awesome. so sweet. Um, We're all yeah. old now and like we can all just go chill at the bar and like it's it's great. Um thank <laughs> you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk about some fun, weird Formula One merch drops that make Ooh. no sense. I saw someone at the bar in a Palm Angels hat and I almost asked how much they paid for it or if it was a ripoff. Oh, I, I saw a few Palm Angels what? you know, when I was over in Europe there i uh okay but i was at the emo bar in dallas like they were playing like hawthorne High. that is a strange place to see it yeah okay but like i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't wear a palm angels hat to the bar because someone could just take it off your head yeah now they're two hundred dollars richer okay Mm. um in the meantime make sure you subscribe uh and tell your friends to tune in to the donut racing show and if you want to leave us a five star and kindly rooted review it really helps us out we also have an email address donut racing show at donutmedia.com Here's an email we got recently. Hi, everyone on the pod. I'm Alex, and I've been listening since the very start, and y'all are one of my favorite F1 podcasts. Thank you very much, Alex. My only conspiracy is that Total Wolf will not be able to bring Mercedes back to their former glory. Mercedes has lost Nikki Lauda, RIP, lost their ability to spend $400 million plus on development, won't have years of prep development ahead of any other team, intro to the hybrid era. They lost James Allison only for the poor guy to come back during his long awaited vacation to reverse all the development they've now done. And soon Lewis Hamilton total wolf also wasn't in charge when the development of the motor and car began almost like he bought majority shares of the company at a very convenient time for himself so that he could look like a genius and benefit monetarily cough, cough, Elon Musk, cough, cough. (laughs) Nice (laughs) Alex. Also, still waiting for my Perez apology with tears after saying that he would be replaced by Daniel Ricciardo midseason. Checo has won the last two of five races. Put this some was respect. A while ago. Yeah, must have been. <laughs> uh, put some respect on his name. Uh, a breathing out nose emoji. Uh, that's I'm <laughs> that's describing what Checo that for, was doing I'm this weekend. I'm describing that for the audience. Okay, I do love you, y'all, though, and hope y'all keep this pod going for years to come. You all are my boyfriends of the day. Sparkly Aww. heart emoji. Thank you so much, Alex. Um, yeah, listen, it's definitely going to be a top, tough road for Mercedes, that's for sure. Listen, one, <laughs> that's what I'm I so... contribute. That's my response. <laughs> 
Listen, I'm so glad that Daniel didn't end up replacing your boy at Red Bull. I like I love Checo. I was very surprised with who Daniel ended up replacing, though. Like, I, I was very surprised at that. Um, my second response is this is a very interesting conspiracy about Toto, but I've heard this a couple of times now, actually. So, like, I'm picturing Toto in, like, his white button up with the sleeves rolled up. And like, mm-hmm. are we seeing like Kendall Roy vibes here? Like, is it just like Toto's just here and like he wants to look smart, but it's all going to unravel. Like, I, I have like, nothing to offer. I don't know. I don't know how the, don't the, know. The, the, the inner machinations of the team. I don't know. either. Um, I'm just, I, I'm just I, I do want to look into that, though. Like, when did he come on board? Because that is, I mean, I don't know if it was an ego trip thing like you're like you're uh, kind of saying there, Alex, but uh that is intriguing. I'm going to have to look into that. I, I just really want to see a Toto Wolf meltdown where he's like, I'm the eldest boy. And then it's <laughs> over. That was the only good part of Succession. I did not enjoy Succession. Uh, did I'm you not watch gonna the whole expand. thing? I did watch the whole thing. I'm not going to expand on that because every time I say I didn't like a TV show, Nolan's like, that's the best TV show I that's ever seen made. It. I watched like I watched like two episodes of You'd it. You'd probably it's... like it. Um, I didn't. Um... <laughs> you, should, you should watch White Lotus, though. White Lotus. I watched a little That's bit of it. Like my husband was watching it, and I, I have a whole thing about HBO shows. That is our outro music. If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Pass Gas. You should check them out. You should also. No, I'm not going to say check out Succession because I didn't like it. Follow DRS <laughs> on Twitter and email us at DonutRacingShow at DonutMedia.com. I am Alanis N. King on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. And I'm also on YouTube at Alanis King without the N in the middle. Elizabeth is a Liz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and a Liz A. Blackstock in other places. Nolan is Nolan J. Sykes somewhere, but he's not on Twitter anymore. So go no. find him places. He exists. He's here. Like, I can confirm. He, you he's can hear here. my voice. He is fighting to be the last person alive from the 1900s, <laughs> just like all of us. We wish you luck in that quest. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.